0: That sounds like a fake pit bull right there!
1: <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry, and in this fourth episode, I'm here with Elise Mariah. Throughout this podcast, we'll discuss Elise's current position and day-to-day life at ETalk, her current and former projects, and her run with Daniel Caesar on his case studies tour. We also play a game of Guess That. Thanks for listening. Hello everybody, welcome to the Cloud Machine podcast. For those who weren't here last week, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everyone that works in it, lives it, loves it, surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, peoples, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a movie in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, and in recognition of Black History Month, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming one of my great friends and Creative Industries peers to the podcast. Elise Mariah is a singer-songwriter from Toronto, Ontario. Since an early age, she has been active in the music industry both on and off stage. In 2019, she was a background vocalist on Daniel Caesar's worldwide case studies tour. During her time, Elise got the opportunity to learn from one of the best musical directors in the country, and was surrounded by some of the best crews in Canada. In this last year, she has been a content producer for Canada's number one entertainment news show called E-Talk, interviewing some of the biggest stars in the industry and writing some of the most compelling articles on your favorite entertainment topics. For more information and to get in touch with Elise, you can get in contact with her at her website, elisemariah.com, that's E L I. S-E-M-A-R-I-A-H dot com or at Elise Mariah on all socials. Without further ado, please welcome Elise Mariah.
0: That was amazing. <laughs> that was so professional. Hey,
1: thank you. Yes. <laughs> How are you?
0: I'm amazing. How are you? I'm
1: I'm doing great. Yeah. It's been like a great run of these podcasts lately and I'm just having a lot of fun talking to some friends, some peers and um, just some people that I admire. So thank you for being on.
0: Thank you for having me. Dang.
1: So we'll start off uh, with the first question that I asked everybody uh, on the podcast. Your favorite live show experience? Um, and for you, specifically, like last week, for those who listened last week, um, your favorite <laughs> live experience as a fan, but also as a performer as well. So,
0: okay. I would say my favorite concert that I've been to... Was definitely Prince's last time in Toronto. Whoa! Yeah. Okay. He died two weeks later, which was oh. insane. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that was, uh, was Sony Center? Yes, yeah, Sony Center yeah. at the time. Dang. Oh my gosh, that was the best because I guess he had knee issues. That's why he was like heavily medicated. Okay. Um, because of wearing high heels and jumping and doing all of those crazy things right. for decades. Right. Yeah,
1: being one of the best artists de- and <laughs> of the. Of all time. time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he was, when he was on his tour, he was only sitting on his piano the whole time. Right. So, like, it was just him and his piano. I think it was called, like, something like Prince and the Piano or something. Yeah. (laughs) Double P. Yeah. Double P. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> definitely double yeah, p yeah and uh, it was so intimate because like even when it came to the background it was all controlled on like an ipad that was on his piano whoa so everything so had, like, was like a one-man show
1: yeah. he had complete control of the show yeah Jeez. it was okay. so
0: so good yeah and i left that concert being like oh my gosh like i feel like i just met god like it was a crazy <laughs> yeah, experience. Yeah. and then sadly he passed away which made it even more impactful for me yeah um but yeah that was probably one of my favorite Concerts. You, were, you were
1: saying something about your dad being super affected by that, right? Not, yeah. to, not to shout out Lloyd already, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Let's just embarrass yeah, him he'll right come now. Yeah, yeah, he'll come up. Yeah. You
0: know, my dad was bawling for like a week when yeah. Prince died. Because um, I remember when I found out he died, my mom or someone, or maybe I was on Twitter at the time, and it was during my spare in like grade 11 or, yeah, grade 11. And I was like, "Oh my God! Like I can't even go to math class after this. I'm so distraught." <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it turns out when my dad found out, he had to pull over and like he had to cry on the side of the road. Yeah. Um, it was a very emotional day. And one thing that was really impactful that my dad said was like, um, I felt like he, um, he, that he um, Prince was like the best friend he never met. Like he felt wow. so connected to him through music. Yeah. And he was like, I felt like I knew the guy, but like we never met. It's it was like the weirdest experience for oh. him that kind of grief of like losing your best friend. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, what a loss. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what about your um, best performance, or I guess best experience as uh, an artist as well?
0: One thing I will say is I feel like the most surreal one was Radio City. That one was really sick. Mm. Just because of where you were, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And then I left the venue that day with my Mm -hmm. sister because I ended up having her come down for that concert. And, um, as I was walking the streets, there were like a group of girls and they recognized me from the stage and they're like, Oh my God, can we get a photo with you? Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank
1: you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, that was cool. I think the real like full circle one was Budweiser stage just because yeah. I go to concerts there. Yeah, that yeah. is very, very cool. Yes. And we did two nights there and it was nice cause I had like all my like friends and family that were there too. So it was like so so amazing and being able to bring my mom and dad backstage too they were like in their glory yeah (laughs) and another performance I loved was actually in Seattle and it was a smaller venue and then there were like a bunch of these kids that like during the encore song they're like Elise like they actually remembered my name and they're like hey like please stay like as everyone walks off stay and I want to take photos with you and like talk to you and I was like oh my god wow they're like saying that like during the encore because they were close enough up, to like close to me that they could say that. And I was like, oh my God, sure. And I asked Matthew and I was like, is it okay if I can yeah,
1: talk yeah. to these
0: kids? And they're like, yeah, as long as you don't give them any information. Yeah, like you're yeah, yeah, go. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was really cool. Dang.
1: So the, I guess the second question that we also always ask, um, always, four out of four always, now. Always, always. Yeah, always, yeah. Is, um, is the Erica Badu quote, and I quote, music and music business are two different things. So I guess because this is a music industry pod- podcast, we like to th- talk about uh, music business from like an artist perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, music and music business are two different things. So what is what is your what are your first instincts when you hear that? Um, and
0: yeah, the first thing that comes to mind for me is like the rise in TikTok. This is like literally the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah of there course. are so many musicians coming out being like. Why do I have to be an influencer to be a musician nowadays? Like, my labels are telling me to post TikToks, they want me to be viral, all these things. And it's like, I just want to make the music, and if it sticks, it sticks. I don't want to have to, you know, do double the work to become, like, a household name on someone's app. You know what I mean? Right um, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Cause it makes you realize, oh my gosh, it is a business. Like even when it comes to us making TikToks and like doing dances to like, want to catch another flight? Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was so much like marketing. Please don't sue us for, yeah, that, for, that, don't. for
1: that, for that <laughs> three seconds of, uh, of singing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's like, it's just crazy. Cause there's so much <laughs> business and like so many things that went on behind the scenes for that even to be like a popular song on TikTok. And, right. Like, there's even like singers and like musicians having to like pay influencers to dance to it, which is insane.
1: Yes, that's a whole market by itself. Yeah, it's a huge yeah, market.
0: Totally. So it's crazy. I don't know. Yes,
1: yeah, n- it, no, it's 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 a it's a good thing to bring up because I think in the past like week or so, there's been a sort of article or like just artists talking about how they didn't sign up to become these influencers. These, yeah. They they really they they signed up to be artists yeah. and they're not getting to do that or their their team is, is asking them to spend more time on creating content and not yeah. their album or and whatever right? and it's
0: crazy because it's like they're both two creative things yes. making videos and editing them like it's creative in it's own right but that, I feel like that's a huge separation between the music and like the music business right you know do you like, think, that's a business side coming out
1: yeah do you think that creating content is on the business side of music now
0: Yeah, it's like it's the digital marketing side of music now. Yeah, which is like really annoying. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Do 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 you find? Well, I mean, as an individual, do you find a balance there? Like, I guess I guess a, a a question there is: is is there is there such a thing as too much content, or is there such a thing as not enough content, or do you have to find like a balance between between the two?
0: Hmm. <laughs> One person that I thought always did way too much content and then it ended up working out for them in the long run was um Megan Trainor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, these are way too many videos. Right. I know too much about you now. Like, yeah. you know, it sort of takes away like the mystique of like a musician. Right. But now I feel like it worked out in her favor, yes. which is crazy.
1: Yeah. You bring up the word mystique and I find that in the past – I mean, in the past, like, decade or so.
0: It's gone. Or, like, it's, well, it's gone. slowly leaving.
1: It's slowly leaving. And you, we, we, but we still have some artists that are, like, oh, i so mysterious kind of thing, you know? Like, no, but, like, it just, like just, like. I'm just picturing
0: it, someone at the bottom of a bridge being, like, I'm mysterious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but there, there are those artists that, like, we don't hear, of, like from them for like years before they dropped their next record. Yeah. Like, like
0: even Beyonce, for Beyonce, example. Yeah. But I mean,
1: Beyonce is like a special case cause yeah. she can do whatever like, look at the even, hell like, she wants. Kind the of thing.
0: self-titled but. album, Beyonce that dropped when we were like in high school. Yes. Yeah. And no one knew that was coming out. Yes. And then, bam. It dropped one day. Yeah, and That was yeah. like the biggest album. Exactly.
1: Or in specific and close to your case or not your experience, not your case, but your experiences is like Daniel Caesar or something. Yeah. Where sometimes he like deletes his whole Instagram account. And then a couple years later, he, like, comes back back with, like, some chess stories, (laughs) you know. And then he's like, ah, I'm going to drop this album next year or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Is is there, are there pros and cons? I think to come back to your Megan, like, trainer (laughs) example, I mean, yeah. I feel
0: like the pro is that fans do feel connected to you. And I feel like, I feel like there's different generations of fans now where I feel like I'm not the generation that they're trying to market to anymore like Hmm. when it comes to tiktok i feel like younger people like teenagers and tweens and stuff they love knowing everything about their celebrity yeah or like their favorite celebrity and then for us it's like we grew up where social media was starting to become a thing but it was mostly just like instagram at the time and we never had instagram stories it was just posts that they posted on their page right so like you saw whatever they posted but you didn't feel that that much closer to them and then I remember there was like Keek that came out where like Kylie Jenner was huge on that and it was almost like vlogging and like a minute long videos. Right. And I don't know. Vine? Yeah, Vine was another one. <laughs> yeah, I think
1: yeah. I think it's what I was I was thinking on the TTC a couple days ago random. But not I was sponsored. thinking yeah, not not <laughs> not sponsored. Please do TTC please do not sponsor this podcast. <laughs> but um, no, I was thinking like what what is the balance and it's more specifically, the more amount of, mo- let's let's say like a Beyonce, even as successful as she is, she still has to interact with her content because at the end of the day, it's her. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay, like if, if an artist is like mega successful, they don't necessarily need to care about content and they don't necessarily need to go to these photo shoots. But that's not necessarily true because they are the product.
0: Mm-hmm. So...
1: I don't know. That was the thought I had. It was like how how does one sort of avoid the content creation? But, but
0: I, what I will say is I don't think Beyonce's really making content. Like Yeah, no, it's true. I feel like for her she, Like, her fans, the Beehive, yeah, they're just, no matter what happens, they're always talking about Beyonce. Exactly, yeah. You know, she doesn't have to release music that year. They're still like, oh, Mm. my queen, my queen. Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and it's like, for her, she's able to, like, focus on, like, Ivy Park or, like, her other businesses that she has going on. Yeah. Where she's successful enough where she doesn't even have to care. Like, she doesn't really have to do anything. Yeah.
1: There are some of those artists that whatever they do – people will care yeah. and people will buy that ticket the next time they're in this city. Are there or... any
0: like younger musicians younger than Beyonce where you're like, Oh shoot, they have that impact.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, one I that comes to mind, Harry Styles is a good one. Another one that comes to mind is Billie Eilish. Yeah. Like, Taylor Swift. Like people are ride or die. Taylor, Taylor Swift. Like but there's I feel
0: like some people are a little bit like iffy with Billy now, where like once that like sophomore album came out, there were a lot of fans that were like, oh, this wasn't for me. Where like <laughs> I feel like <laughs> right, yeah. where I feel like Harry Styles can drop a really crappy album and then fans would still be like, I love it. Right. It's the best thing since sliced bread.
1: Are you saying that about Harry's House? <laughs> oh. Is that some tea? Uh, okay. yes. <laughs> or not even Yas. No,
0: not <laughs> even the uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tea. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I would say I wasn't the biggest fan of Harry's house, I'm not gonna lie. Whoa. I'm not gonna lie. I liked his um, first album the most. Oh yeah, yeah. Just because I One like... Direction, yeah. <laughs> I loved "Live While We're Young." <laughs> and we're
1: back. <laughs> Topic one. What I have here in my notes is what sparked your passion for the arts or music, sort of like the Elise origin story. Um, so yeah, like take us through like the beginnings of of you. No, not the beginnings of you, but... The I was conceived. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but the beginnings of Elise Mariah as an artist, yeah. I guess.
0: Well, for me, my family, music was always, like, a part of our lives. Yeah. My mom and dad, they didn't really sing, but they always made sure that music was playing in our house. Mm-hmm. So, like, we always, like, they have, like... I think it was, like, my mom's vinyl player from, like, when she was a teenager. She, we still have it in the house, and we have, like, a huge thing of vinyls that, like... You could pull out anything, like The Stones, The Beatles, Zeppelin. I feel like that's just all rock. But, like, there's some yeah, disco everything. in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everything. Yeah, everything yeah. Those are like three <laughs> artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, we have, like, everything to listen to. Um, so, like, I remember growing up with, like, a lot of, like, the Osmonds my sister and I loved. We loved the Brady Bunch. I feel like we are just trapped in the 70s. Right. We loved those people. We loved, like, even Jackson 5. Right. Those were, like, the three bands we used to love listening to when we were younger. It's um, not
1: the worst era to be trapped in. Right by the way. Yeah. Right. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. We were cool
0: kids. Yeah. We were hipsters. Let's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we grew up listening to a lot of that. Um, going back to like, I guess, history before I was even born, like my uncle, he's a huge like he loves to like he's like a jazz blues singer, mostly blue singer. Okay. Um, my aunt, she was always singing. My nana was always singing in like church choirs and all those things. So Music was always there, and then when my sister and I started like singing like the Osmonds or singing whatever together, like I realized that, oh my gosh, like I cannot sing melody. I was only able to sing harmony, right, which was really, really cool. I feel like it's like the weirdest thing to explain to people, so like it was always my sister and I singing, and I'd always be like singing harmony on top of her, like always doing like a third above, and then we discovered the sister duo Ali and AJ. Hey, yeah, shout out, yeah. yes, yeah. Allie and AJ. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to them, that actually got my sister and I like really into music and wanting to sing together. So like, I did my first ever school talent show, and I was like in grade two, right before my sister left that elementary school because it was from like kindergarten to grade six, right. And we sang an Ali and AJ song there and we were just like unstoppable like <laughs> we went we went to music lessons i learned how to properly sing cuz i was only able to sing falsetto when i was younger so okay. wow. i went to like a music class and then she yeah. taught me how to like belt which i don't think it was a proper way to belt i think she was just te- yeah. teaching me how to like shout right um but i did learn later on down the line um so yeah i, I did that i did even like vocal like um royal conservatory i did up to like grade 8 or okay. whatever so, like, I was very, I sang, like, everything. Right. When I was younger, I loved doing, like, rock, like, I guess, like, kids pop, like, yeah. Cheetah Girls, my sister and I would always sing together. Okay. And then when I was, like, older and getting more into, like, my own person, I used, I went through, like, a Susan Boyle phase.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I remember, hey. do you remember that um, website picnic where you can, like, edit photos
1: <laughs> and put, like, text on them? uh No, but it w- was it, like, the... The Instagram of 20, it's uh, not, not even, 20, but 2006 <laughs> or something. Yeah.
0: It wasn't even like you'd post your photos on there. Like you'd post them onto Facebook, but it was okay. like a, using picnic fonts okay. and like filters oh, okay. so there's one day i like actually made like a five things you need to know about elise for like my profile photo on facebook okay and like one of the facts was i love susan boyle and i'm like what?
1: <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> you got that memory recently it's like oh yeah uh 14 years ago <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you loved susan, susan boyle. boyle yeah yeah
0: justin bieber and susan boyle yeah. were my top picks for 2010 Dang. yeah um but J- yeah J- jb
1: and sb yeah <laughs> jb and sb
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, so I was, yeah, I was into uh, that music for a bit. And then when I was in grade seven, I really got into like the Stones. And I feel like that's when I became more of like, oh, shoot, there, there's, there's like cool music in like the 60s. And like, I, it, it's nice being able to look back and be like, oh, shoot, I discovered that music for myself.
1: Yeah, that's a great feeling. You know, like
0: I remember um, when I first found out about Prince for the first time, it was through like the Happy Feet soundtrack.
1: Oh man! And he has shout out Happy Feet. Yeah, my boy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's this one song called like "Song of the Heart" that Prince sang. And I was in love with that song when I was a kid. And I remember bringing my dad into my bedroom and I'm like, you have to hear this song. And it was Prince. And my dad was so proud that I actually found Prince on my own. And he was like, oh my gosh, like I love Prince. And he was telling me all these Prince facts. It was really nice. Um, But yeah. So honestly, ever since I started taking vocal lessons at the age of like when I was like in grade five, that's when I started taking my music a lot more seriously. I went to like performing arts schools. I was in like, the yeah. performing arts middle school, which was a humble brag. I did an audition for it. Like okay. it, I was in the regular program in grade seven, and then they ended up n- noticing that I was good at all the art classes, and they're like, "Okay, like join us for grade eight. You don't even have to audition; just join us." So okay. I did that. Okay, and then I went to Cothra, which was like a performing arts school in Mississauga yes and (laughs) when I was there that's when I actually learned how to do like everything like proper classical music musical theater jazz all of these things I was like a huge choir nerd and while I was doing all this like I was able to go to a really great vocal coach her name is Elaine Overholt shout out to Elaine um she's worked with like oh yeah (laughs) yeah
1: Shout out, Elaine, Shout for out sure.
0: Elaine, yeah. She's worked with some major people. Like she was the vocal coach for like the Hairspray cast, like for the movie with like John Travolta and all those people. Okay. Yeah, she's actually the reason why Zac Efron sang in High School Musical 2. Because you know how he had that like fake voice, Drew Seeley in uh, High School Musical One. <laughs> no,
1: no, I did not know that. Oh no, I did not. Yeah. yeah, I didn't follow that uh, those movies. Oh like very closely, I must say. But. Okay,
0: so the biggest drama was that. They were going on tour after the first High School Musical and Zach wasn't there because he was filming Hairspray. Okay. But it was also because he didn't sing any of the songs in the first movie. And my vocal coach had him in um, Hairspray and he was actually singing in that movie. And she was like, why the hell are you not singing in High School Musical? Like you have a great voice. So she was in contact. with I think she was in contact with like Kenny Ortega or something like one of okay. the main people in High School Musical was like, you need to have him sing in the second movie. Yeah, he can actually sing. And then he sang from there on out. Yeah.
1: So Elaine <laughs> could arguably be the reason why Zach Efron has a career today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Elaine, <sighs> which wow. is cool. Cool insider story. When I was 16 years old, I was part of Honey Jam, which is like an all-female showcase for... Yeah, women from Canada to, like, perform in, and, like, they can sing in front of industry professionals, and they can go to, like, industry workshops. It was, like, it's a great, like, incubation space for, like, female artists. When I was in there, they ended up giving you, like, industry events that you could go to even when you were done Honey Jam. Like, they would just reach out to you and be like, oh, like, do you want to go to Canada's Walk of Fame? Or, hey, do you want to go here? Do you want to go there? Right. So one year, I ended up going to Canada's Walk of Fame. And I ended up running into Cheryl Hickey, who's, like, one of the main hosts of Entertainment Tonight Canada. <laughs> and okay. I met her, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I would love to have your job. Like, just being able to interview people and, like, talk to musicians, that's so sick. Even though I also wanted to be a musician myself, I was like, that's so sick that you get to do that. And she's like, oh, yeah, I love- never give up on your dreams. Go to school for journalism, and then you'll do your thing. So my career path, I was like, oh, shoot, maybe I should go to school for journalism. Right. But I didn't do it. I didn't go to Ryerson for that. I ended up going for Creative Industries because I was too lazy. Because, like, you had to have, like, they made it sound a lot more legit than it actually was. They're like, you need to have published pieces that you're handing in. Like, they have to be published. And I thought like, hard copy published in, like, a school yeah, newspaper. Yeah, the and Toronto like, Star I mean, Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I don't have that. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. do that. Yeah. So I went to yeah. school for Creative Industries. Um, yes. yes. Specializations music and television business. Hey. Um, and then I ended up working at E-Talk, which is like ET Canada's competitor, which is crazy. Cause I thought I couldn't get, I always wanted a job at Bell Media and I've always told people that I wanted to work there, especially like an entertainment news show would be sick. Mm-hmm. And E-t- E-Talk was in mind. And then I always thought I couldn't do it because of what I was going to school for. I applied for an internship there. Didn't get it. I did one at Warner instead, Warner music And then they ended up reaching back out to me the first week of school and they were like, hey, we flagged your resume. We loved your resume. We also read your like professional website where you put your press releases that you did during your internship. We love your writing. Pretty much work for us as a freelancer your last year of school. Right. So then I got my foot in the door there, wrote articles, and then bam, ended up like. As with a contract there once I was done school,
1: yeah, so w- the plan was to talk about this a little bit later, but let's I get know, into it now I know. No, no, I- it's it's a great it's sort of a great kind of segue into that so yeah e talk so and okay, so Elise went to university for a program called creative industries.
0: I feel like we're going to be flip flopping so much from like past to present, past. to present No, it's, yeah, it's,
1: it's it's sort of like those like TV shows that do that as well. Yeah. No, it's, it's fine. (laughs) But you went to school for creative industries, which is the same program that I went to and we were there at the same time. So we were like really, really great friends there. And, um, I always knew. So you're, I guess you always told us and us being like the music friend group, um, that you wanted to be in children's television. Yeah. Um, so is that still the plan? Like, what's what's the plan now?
0: That's the thing. I think my plan is to not have a plan. Okay. Do you know, because yeah, I feel fine. like it worked 20s, out this, yeah. this far in my life. Because, like, even when it came to, I guess we'll talk about this after, but, like, when it came to, like, me becoming a background singer that wasn't a part of my plan. Right. And then I feel like that led me to even to having my internship at Warner, which was hard to get at the time. Right. And since they, I had a background singer on my resume, then they ended up wanting to work with me. And I had all three major labels fighting over me to have me as, as an intern, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it all, it, it all connects to each other where I'm like, I feel like my next step in my life is going to be connected to this somehow or connected to something from my past. that then
1: right. That. Dang. You're like, uh, like that's so Raven. <laughs> <laughs> You're like,
0: I had a vision, Yeah, you know? Yeah, you had a
1: vision, yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> but so when it comes to children pro- programming, I don't know.
1: Okay, you don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I like where I'm at right now. I feel like this is something I did not predict. Right. I thought television, like children's programming, would have been easier to get into for some reason, even okay. though it's so competitive. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I was like, yeah, like being behind the scenes would be easier than getting into like an entertainment news show. Because it, it's... As an outsider, an entertainment news show sounds so grandiose. And you're like, it must be so hard to get in there. Like, everyone must want that job. And so I, I never even pictured this once I was actually in university. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I still love children's programming. Like, I'd love to work for something like... um, I'd love to develop, like, a Disney Channel show. But, right. But, like, a Disney Channel landscape <laughs> is so different now. Because now it's really Disney+. Plus. Totally, and, like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I find, like, the tween... Like older child demographic is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool to make a show for them.
1: Do you sometimes find you're you're sort of doing that sort of programming or kind of reporting on those types of I things wish. at work? Yeah. Like, that could be a that could be a possibility for sure.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's why one of my coworkers and I get along because we because she used to work for, like, a tween magazine. So, like, we're talking about, like, Jenna Ortega because uh, everyone's talking about Jenna. But I'm, like, I knew about this girl back when she was on, like, Disney Channel just because I always kept, like, a finger on, like, what was going on at the time. And she was, like, oh, my God, same because I had to, like, write almost, like, tween gossip about these right. kids. Yeah, And I'm, like, well, that's actually, like, that's really fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, if you're not doing that, take us through a day in the life then at, at eTalk. What, yeah. I mean, today even – Today. Yeah.
0: Well, today was a very interesting day. <laughs> like, the normal day in my life would be we'd have pitch meetings. we talk about what happened within the last 24 hours, not even, like, 12 hours in entertainment news. Right. What's newsworthy? What suits our demographic? We have very different demographics on Instagram versus TikTok, for instance. Like, we okay. skew younger on TikTok. Right. So, like, for me, it's fun being like, oh, my gosh, like, Charlie D'Amelio just did this. We should totally post a video on that. Right. That was always fun to do.
1: That that would be on TikTok. That'd be on TikTok. Yeah, we course. would
0: never touch that on
1: on Instagram. Instagram. Okay.
0: For Instagram, it's always the moms. Like we have right. to target like Jennifer Lopez. Right, right. Like <laughs> talk <laughs> about body issues, and then that stirs a huge conversation. Okay, which is wow. really interesting. And
1: you have these conversations every day. Yeah. Okay. So every day in the morning, it's like. We, we, we got to get our 24-hour news cycle kind of yeah, in kinda, check. Yeah, and wow.
0: we keep it, we also have like a midday meeting where we're like, okay, did anything happen within the last four hours that we should be covering for the okay. afternoon? Wow. So we have meetings like that. It's interesting because the show is different. Like they have to figure out what they're covering in the show by like 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. Because they have to create a whole script, produce a whole, like different segments. It's a lot more, it's, for us, we're very much on the go all the time. Yes. Like, what's going on? We're with the show, they're like, okay, we have to know everything by this time of day.
1: Right. And when is the show?
0: I think they tape at, like, 2.30 or, like, 1.30.
1: Okay. And when is it on air?
0: It airs at, like, 7.
1: Okay. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. yeah it really is, like, 24-hour news, like, every day sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Wow. Especially on the digital <laughs> side, it's very much, like, 24 hours. Right. I think yeah. our, our nighttime people, they log off at, like, 8 a.m. A.m., and we start reporting news at, like, 9 a.m. So, like, you okay. you go, like, like, almost, like, 12 hours without getting your e-talk dose, and then we come back in the morning. Wow.
1: Okay. So, it's, like, always, all, all the time kind yeah. of thing. Are there any, t- do you have any, like, um, I guess, tips or, um, for somebody that would want to get into that space? Let's say, like, somebody saw you on the street doing some reports with with artists, mm. and and. Like you were saying about your experience as a as a as a teenager, seeing mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't remember her name now. Oh, yeah, but Cheryl Hickey, yeah. yeah, Cheryl Hickey. Yeah, Cheryl Hickey. Doing those interviews, like, would there be any like tips now? Like, would you say like, oh, go to the creative industries at at TMU? Or I,
0: I honestly, I could not tell anyone to take a path, and I feel like that's why I don't right. want to create a path for myself, right? Because like, I I'll never forget this. When we we're at TMU, there was I think it was like either Cameron Bailey from tiff or it was a guy from karis yes he was like you can go to school for something completely different or not even go to school for like anything at all and you can end up wherever you want to be i didn't agree with him about like oh you don't have to go to school mm. but like you can honestly study anything and then somehow end up in a completely different field that you didn't even picture yourself in totally which is really really cool yeah because I find when you're when you're going to university, you're always like, okay, I'm gonna go into the program where I see myself working there long term. Mm-hmm. But like when you're 18, honestly you start figuring this out when you're like 16, 17. You do not know yourself at that time. Right. Where I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't go to school for journalism because I feel like that would have made me not like journalism because you're always doing assignments on it and da-da-da-da-da. Right. Where I feel like for our program it's nice because it was different mediums that we were learning all the time or like just different art forms that we were learning like, what was your second module?
1: So I did music business and media business.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, for me, too, it was, like, I had had a day where it was, like, music in the morning and then, like, like children's programming in the afternoon. Like, it's nice having that, like, separation. And, like, you're able to learn two different industries and be, like, okay, where do I see myself ending up? But at the end of the day, you still have business behind you, too. So it's, like, you don't even have to be working in the arts. You can just be... Working at Desjardins. Uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> like,
1: a little love for the French. Yeah,
0: you cheers. Could, like, work, yeah. Yes, cheers. <laughs> but like, yeah, you could literally work anywhere, and you like know what's going on because you still have that like business, you know, side. I totally as well. agree. You know what I mean?
1: I think I think the mentality, and this doesn't even just go for music or the creative industries or anything like that. Um, but the mentality for a long time was be a perfectionist or be a master of one thing. Yeah, like be uh, the best singer that you can be, or be the best drummer you can be, or mm. be the best photographer, or whatever whatever your craft is, be the best at it and you'll succeed in that way. But I believe, tell me what, what you think about this. I believe. Yeah, I can fly.
0: <laughs> I was thinking of Nikki Yanofsky, <laughs> okay. but uh, a yeah. nice one. <laughs> yeah, two different songs. Yeah, different songs. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> no, but I really believe that creatives in 2023 strive and can go farther if they have more tools in their bag. If they can do more things. And not necessarily be a specialist at one, but be sort of like a master of none. Yeah. Not to quote uh, Aziz Ansari. (laughs) We're going to this topic that I've... I mean, we've talked about so much before, but... um, Too much. (laughs) A little too much, yeah. But the Daniel Caesar story... Yes. Please what's up with that please <laughs> tell us what tell us what you can <laughs> tell us what you can on
0: that. you know it's funny okay because i already prefaced before i'm like i feel like this is gonna be a podcast that just goes forward and backwards forward and backwards <laughs> time, so yeah. we're going back in time again yeah. um i'm at tmu painting the full picture right before the pandemic 2019 well we'll start at 2018 um I was out with my friend. We went to this thing called 12 Bars, which is like... The Christmas thing? Yeah, the bar <laughs> crawl. Okay, yeah. this is going to be like the most insane story. Like, it's all over the place. It starts off with a bar crawl, okay? Okay. So I end up... I just got over a cold when I went. So, like, my voice was, like, still a little, like, oh, raspy. Great
1: choice, at least. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> my voice was still a little raspy, but I wasn't, like, sick anymore. Like, I wasn't coughing or anything or mm-hmm. blowing my nose. So I ended up going, and... I think just like going to the bars and screaming over music to talk to people and all those things. I woke up the next day or actually that night when I left the last club, I the, was like, Oh my the God, 12th, the 12th the twelfth, 12th <laughs> bar. bar yeah. um, my voice was completely gone. Like, you know, when you go to a concert and you like lose your voice and mm. you're like, Oh, tomorrow it's going to be fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like I left this place and I was like, I don't know if tomorrow is going to be fine. Like this is the worst oh, I've wow. ever had a, Gargly, like yeah. lost voice. Okay. Um, and Jeez. then the next day came and didn't get better. That next week came, it didn't get better, and I was like, okay, what is going on? Like a month has passed at this point, I still did not get my voice back properly. Like I, I sounded like I was, like a smoker, kind of, right. you know, like how they have like that raspiness in their voice. So then I went to an ENT, ears, nose, and throat specialist. Um, Shout out (laughs) Shout out I don't know his name (laughs) But I went there And then he Checked out my Vocal cords And like your vocal cords Are supposed to be like A pristine Like White Right Like they're supposed to be As white as your teeth What was that
1: I wasn't supposed to Hit that button
0: (laughs) damage like (laughs) pitbulls (laughs) can you play that again was that really pitbull (laughs) do you know do you know like those like karaoke's where they have like the fake singers in the back that sounds like a fake pitbull right there Pitbull man My vocal cords Were like A grayish color Like they were damaged Whoa They were damaged Vocal cords That's what I meant To hit by the way Yeah (laughs) (laughs) So um, So yeah They were My vocal My vocal guy Was like yeah So your vocal cords They It's not nodes So you're fine You're gonna be good But you really Have to rest your voice To have the color Sort of go back to normal Right
1: and, th- um, and at the time, were you was there a performance coming up, or was it just sort of like in general? Luckily, no, okay.
0: Luckily, no. I was like, this was when we were taking um, ENT five hundred. Like this is like second semester ear, nose, and throat. Year. <laughs> ear, ear, nose, and throat five hundred. <laughs> yeah. 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 What are the odds? Yeah. What are what the, the odds? Like? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Our entrepreneur class. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's luckily nothing was happening at the time. It was like January or whatever. <laughs> so. Now this brings us to tour. Um, Months pass. It's like June of 2019. I end up getting this email from this random girl named Dana. And she's like, hey. Like, it looked like a spam email. It was pretty much like, hey, would you be down to go on a four-month tour? Let me know. And I'm like, what the hell? I don't know. Who this. <laughs> like, who are you? Like, right. what is this? But like right away, I ended up writing back, being like, no, I'm not interested. I'm in school. I'm busy. Like, I'm not interested. Right. And my mom, because she has access to my email too, and she was like, oh, like this is my artist email, by the way. And she was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Elise Mariah. Yeah, Elise yeah, at least, at least Elise Mariah Music. Um. So yeah, she. <laughs> my mom saw the email and she was like oh my gosh did you see this email about being a background singer and I was like yeah but like it was so vague it looks like a spam email like I'm not gonna give it any thought and she's like oh like you should actually inquire and see what's going on because she was like I checked out the girl's Instagram she's toured with um she worked with Tyler Shaw and she worked with Daniel Caesar right and I was like okay maybe I can inquire you know so then I mm. I emailed her (laughs) yeah you can play that for a little bit so then I I um I reached back out and I was like okay I know I just said I'm busy but who is it for what's going on can you give me more details right and as I'm like waiting for her response I looked up Daniel Caesar was he going on tour he had nothing that came out for like two years like right. no music and I'm like it can't be him Tyler Shaw nothing came out of him right. either and I'm like okay then who could this possibly be for and she was um she responds luckily within I think like the same day. And she's like, okay, you're not going to believe me. Like, it's for Daniel Caesar. I know there's no tour announced. There's not even an album out out yet. There's a listening party happening tomorrow. Please come. You can know that we're legit if you come. I think I was maybe even on the phone with her at this time. She was like, call me. And then I called her. And I was like, okay, can I bring a plus one? Like, I didn't want to be, like, human traffic. Like, I still don't know what's going on. And she was like, yeah, of course. Like, please bring whoever you want. Like, as long as you're comfortable. Like, please come. So then I ended up going to this album release party the next day and I still, like it looked pretty legit because there were people from like Universal there and like different people in the industry because it was like a, yeah, it was like a private listening party. Mm -hmm. And then when I went in, I met Dana, I met Matt Burnett, I met um, Jordan Evans and I I met Daniel too. And I was like, oh shit, this is legit. This is really cool. Yeah. I met everyone. We got along and they're like, okay, rehearsal start tomorrow. And so, literally, this sounds like freaking fan fiction. Yeah. The next day, I went into rehearsals. I was added to the tour very late Mm -hmm. because they were in like desperate need for one more background singer because I guess the other person dropped out or something. I don't know. But they were like, literally, the tour is in like a month from now. We're gonna have to like rush you to get your in ears done. We're gonna have to put a rush on that order. Like visas. Visas was a huge thing. I still never had the proper visa that everyone else had. Yeah. Because everyone had like. Uh Oh. Yeah, the O one. Yeah, and I had like a P2. I couldn't yeah, P2 talk, yeah. yeah, P2, yeah. Yeah, P2, where I could do everything except for televised performances. Yes. Which I was like, ah, because I ended up doing like Jimmy Kimmel one of the days, and I was like, I wish I could have gone, you know? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was like, I was very mature about it. I was like, oh, next time, once I have the right <laughs> visa, I'm good. Right. But, um, yeah, and I remember going to that first rehearsal, I, took, I wrote down so many freaking notes, made so many voice memos. Of course, of course. Because I was like, I want to show to them and prove to them that I – can do this. I've never done background singing before. I have a lot of choir experience. I know how to sing harmony already. Cause that's the first thing I grew up singing. So like everything was sort of like a full circle moment for me. And I was like, Oh, um, so like I literally learned, I think like 12 to 16 songs in a span of like a day. And right. I memorized everything. So like for the next rehearsal, I was pretty much down pat. Cause I remember we had this one festival that was lined up for, I think, the week after I joined the team and it was like um Yeah, it
1: was a Festival du de Quebec.
0: Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one, that one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> F-E-Q, yeah. F E Q yeah. FEQ. I was gonna yeah. say that, but then once you said that French stuff, yeah. I was like, you know the one. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they were gonna do that like the next week and I wanted to prove to them like, hey, I can come. Like please, I know the yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. please. And luckily, like, they were like, yeah, Lisa knows her ship. Please, like, come join us for that. And that's, like, a great, like, starter from you going on the tour. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, everything just went off from there. Jeez. Yeah, it Jeez. was crazy. Like, my last day of work from, like, my serving job at the time was, um, like, two days before Canada Day. And then I was, like, I had, like, a few weeks off. And then we went off on tour, which was insane. I think we started the tour in, like, July or something. Yeah.
1: What was your what, what was the highlight of of your tour? Whether it be show city, just people,
0: the highlight,
1: some of the highlights, there were, yeah, I guess, plural, yeah.
0: There were so many like crazy things. Mm-hmm. Especially, I was the youngest person on the tour by by, by far. Yeah, um, the second youngest would have been Naja and Daniel, who are both four years older than me. So I was like quite a bit younger. Yeah, um, so everything was just so huge for me um i feel like a really crazy moment was actually at the festival that we went to that feq yeah (laughs) don't don't (laughs) make me do french yeah um i actually met mariah carey that night oh my
1: gosh yeah i remember that your first show
0: yeah it was my first yes yes (laughs) (laughs) wow like literally that night we um i guess we're maybe like the performer right before Mariah, or, like, Jeez. two before her, and then she ended up coming back, like, backstage, and it was an outdoor festival, obviously, so, like, everyone had trailers, yeah. and she was, like, walking, and she had her huge entourage, yeah. and she had, like, all these spotlights on her, I don't, like, it was, like, a camera crew, I don't know what was going on, <laughs> it was, like, professional <laughs> lighting like this that she had, right? and- But
1: on her all the time. On her, yeah, yeah.
0: like, she's just walking to her trailer, I'm like, <laughs> is this a documentary that's being filmed? Yeah, yeah, And. Well um yeah she's like she's walking past everyone she's like hello 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 and no one believes me no one from the tour believes me that this is a real story but when Mariah made eye contact with me I was the only person she said hey like hello how are you and that's how I was and I was like I'm great I'm (laughs) great I was like a Mariah knows Mariah like this is what's going on guys (laughs) that was like a really crazy cool moment because I never thought I'd ever meet Mariah Carey are you kidding yeah first show. For a show. And I met like her boyfriend who I watched the reality show, so I saw them like have their love story and I'm like, Wow, I actually know who that guy is. I met the background singers. It was a really cool experience. Yeah.
1: What about a favorite city? I know we talked about it briefly before, but is there like one city that was like, Oh my gosh. y'all did Europe too, right? Yeah, I was gonna
0: say my favorite city would probably be in Europe. Um it's not even because of the show was good. I couldn't even I remember tiny bits of the show, but I was like, I feel like just the city I fell in love with was, like, Utrecht in, um, oh, Netherlands. Yeah. And that was, like, my favorite place where I would totally love to live there. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's my dream place to live. Yeah.
1: We were supposed to do Utrecht. Utrecht. Yeah, I was um, gonna say it like that, but I was yeah. like, I'm gonna
0: butcher it. <laughs> uh, we were supposed Utrecht.
1: to do, yeah, we were supposed to do that city with the Charlie tour, but she, she canceled the sh- those shows because of, um because of just like vocal rest mm. uh, and I would have loved to do that city because yeah. just the Netherlands are just Honestly, I'd love to go Utrecht
0: yeah. is way better than Amsterdam
1: hey yeah. you heard it here first you heard it here you heard first, it first. Uh, <laughs> yeah. sad music yeah. but also yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I guess being I mean I can't even imagine your first tour being on that big of a tour um, what are like the first three things that come to mind that you learnt on that tour I mean, just, mm. like, being that green on that tour, like, like three things that come to, come to mind, like, especially even being, like, under, like, under the tutelage of Matt Burnett or even, like, some crew, like, some essential crew members like yeah. uh, Chris Draper, Shao Draper. Yeah. 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 Yes, Draper. Right. I, mean, yeah.
0: I feel like the, like the first things that come to mind is just, like me maturing on that trip a lot Mm. not even a trip it was a freaking job it was a tour yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um i feel like i had to grow up a lot i learned when not to talk because i feel like at the time i was very much like i want to show that i'm a friendly person and like talk all the time right but it's like elise like shut up they've heard enough they know you're cool just no one to relax (laughs) Right, right 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 um so i feel like i learned a lot about how to handle myself and like situations and settings where there's more mature people or like it's work, you know, even though right. it feels like it's a vacation and you get to be paid for like doing what you love to do. It's still work. Yeah. Um, so I learned a lot about that. I, one thing I never really, like I paid attention to it as a listener before going on a tour, but I r- really grew an appreciation for like bands of like touring, like touring bands. Yeah. Cause like the way they can totally change a song to fit, a live experience mm-hmm. there's so many songs where like when you go to a concert you prefer the concert version over the yeah recording version yeah, yeah. and I feel like there's some songs on that Daniel tour that I preferred live like right. there was something about um Japanese denim where like performing that live and like having like the background singers doing like this like, uh and like this giant like yeah, yeah it almost felt like you were like in church like a gospel harmony because right. like nivon sinclair nev yeah he was the best vocal arranger it was insane so like having that and then having like adrian on the drums just like yeah, yeah. it was
1: adrian bent shout out adrian bent. Yeah, yeah yeah it yes. was yes yeah.
0: <laughs> that was honestly yeah. it's just something that i grew a huge 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 appreciation for mm-hmm. Um, and it was all under Matthew Burnett cause he was like the musical director, but like him and Jordan really worked hand in hand when it came to creating the whole concert yeah. and like having everything come to life. But it was, yeah, live music. I was like, Oh my God, how did I not grow an appreciation for this before? Yeah. And one thing that was interesting too, is that everyone was like a church musician. And that also made me really appreciate church musicians. I never went to church. Like, I went to church, like, two times in my life. Right. But, like, I never went to, like, a gospel church or churches where, like, you have, like, singers and, like, yeah, yeah, insane yeah. <laughs> yeah, musicians. Yeah, 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 And you can, you, being on that tour, you realize why it's great to have church musicians in your band because they just get it. It's, yeah. like, instincts. They get it.
1: The, the adaptability of the mus- musicians, yeah. their musicality, um, like, the sort of, like, the community aspect of it as well. Yeah. Especially under, like, Matt Burnett is definitely like some of the best shows I've seen has has been under, under him. So I'm definitely not surprised by your experience at all. And I mean, probably a crazy experience just even being in those rehearsals as well. I mean, yeah.
0: And you know, I'm so happy because at the time I never knew anyone on that tour. Mm -hmm. Like they were all strangers except for, um, Joanne, who was the, um, bassist on the tour. Um, he, I actually met him when I was 16 doing honey jam.
1: Okay. Yeah. So
0: we never, kn- he never knew that I was asked to go on this tour until I ran into him at rehearsal and he was like, get out, you're on this tour. And I was like, yeah, I just joined yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like the, I was, I'm so happy that I had him because he was almost like a father figure for me when I was on the tour. Right. Because I never knew anyone. He was like, he was someone where he got it. He has kids that are my age. So like when it comes to me having, being like doe eyed and like wide eyed to like all these huge experiences, he got it. Right. You know, he's able to see through my point of view where like for some other people's like they've gone on many tours before. It's nothing new for them. Right. Um, so that was, I'm really happy that I had him to like, have us like a confidant at the beginning of the tour. Yeah.
1: Hey, <laughs> we are back with a game of guess that the goal of the game is basically to guess that blank. So it'll be either guess that artist, guess that song, guess the next lyrics. Okay. Are you ready?
0: I'm actually so scared. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Bring it on, baby.
1: So the first question is: guess that. Guess, sorry. Guess that <laughs> lyric. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna give you a couple lines from a verse, and you'll have to give me the next lines. Okay.
0: It's like okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm trying to embrace my like younger child who loved. Don't forget the lyrics. I'm trying to bring okay, that back okay. to
1: life. Okay. Okay. So here it is. I lit up their December nights like the fourth of July. Oh my god. Vanilla Sky. Thrilla in Manila. Knocking the them out, out like, like Pacquiao. Pacquiao. No alley, no Frazier But for no, now I'm it's off to Malaysia. Off, it's off to Malaysia. What is the next thing? Oh okay, okay. So
0: two passports. Yes. Is it three cities? Yes. Two countries, yeah. one day. Yeah. No, that's worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, (laughs) Dale.
1: And the artist
0: Pitbull, of course, featuring Shakira. Dale, Dale.
1: The second kind of guess that is guess the artist based on these facts. So I'm gonna. Oh my god! Okay, okay. (laughs) So I'm gonna give you five facts, and after each fact, you can guess. And if you're wrong, we'll just go to the next fact.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: So, the first fact. In 2012. Researchers discovered a new fly species and named it after them. <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, uh, mhm. That's the first end. Obviously, it's from hardest to <laughs> the easiest. But
0: named a fly after 2012.
1: 2012. Yeah, that's actually, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's like a, um, yeah,
1: it's a good That's a good like timeline.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think. The major pupil in 2012 must have been definitely not the Jonas Brothers. They were gone once <laughs> Justin Bieber came. He took gone. JB. Yeah, JB was stolen by Justin Bieber once he came out. <laughs> it was no longer Jonas Brothers. Um, Kevin definitely had a kid by then. Okay, so that can't be a Justin Bieber fact, or maybe it is like honestly it's either like a one direction thing or it has to be a Justin Bieber thing for researchers to even name them after those people species of but why does this almost ring a bell like I remember something like this coming out sorry so how does this game work (laughs) So so yeah
1: so you have to guess and I'll say yes or no and then we'll move on to the next hint
0: oh okay so I have to give an answer I can't be like can I come back
1: well, you, you you'll be able to come back after, but <laughs> okay. what's your, what's what's your
0: first? I'm going to say my first one's Justin Bieber. Okay. So Okay, it's not that. Okay. okay. So Shit. two. She was
1: asked to play the lead in A Star Is Born. But obviously did not <laughs> did not get the role or didn't say it didn't say yes to the role.
0: Is she popular? Like, is she big? Am I allowed to ask for hints?
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah.
0: Oh my god! She turned down a Star's Born.
1: Yeah, and she had a fly named after her—a species of fly.
0: <laughs> it's the same girl.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Oh, it's
0: it's all based on that one person. All these. Spots? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought they were just like yeah. random musicians. No, each no, time. no, 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 no. Okay, well now I yeah. know it's a she. Yeah. It's not Ariana Grande. It is not. Oh my God. You know who it is?
1: No, wait. No. <laughs> Molly Cyrus. It's not Molly Cyrus. Okay, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know who it isn't? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: okay, next.
1: They became the only solo artist besides Mariah Carey to have hit number ones in four different decades.
0: Oh. Okay. in four different decades Mm -hmm. this woman has to be hella old she had to be someone from like the 80s it's Madonna no no oh my god okay don't tell me who it is
1: no you have two more hints okay this this one is pretty it gives it away a little bit
0: okay wait so wait before before you give this hint yeah who has had hits because I feel like there was I had to make a post on someone who did really well like this. Hits in every decade. The only person other than Mariah. Okay, sorry, yeah. Going to the next one.
1: She adopted... Celine Dion. No. (laughs) (laughs) She adopted...
0: (laughs) Celine Dion.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, it's not Celine Dion. But this next one, it's... You'll have one more hint after that, but if you don't get it on this one, I'll question. It's... She adopted an alter ego, Sasha Fierce, to overcome. Shut st- up.
0: It's Beyonce? <laughs> no. No. Yes. 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 That is crazy. Yeah. The fly? Four decades? Yeah. Well, I guess the 40s were in the 80s?
1: Well, it would have been. Like 40 years ago, it would have been. No, it would have been 90s, two, uh, 2000s, 2010s, and 20, two, 2020. Now. Oh. Yeah. Oh my
0: God. Okay, that makes sense. I was too busy thinking about like four like decades. Yeah. Like, like if you were born in 80, <laughs> 82, then you're 40. Right. You're 41 now. Right.
1: Okay. We have another guess the song. Okay. Guess that's that song, I guess, based on these lyrics. Okay. So it's not get, give me the lyrics, it's give me the song. Okay. So okay. It's a little easier than the lyrics. Depending. Depending. <laughs> This, if you don't get this, I'll be questioning this entire podcast, to be honest. Here it he goes. His eyes on the sparrow, eyes is on me, more eyes than the KGB. Sometimes I suffer, sometimes I bleed. Not all at once, time flows linearly. You're
0: going to question this whole freaking podcast? <laughs>
1: this. This is a th- harder one, I guess, sort of.
0: Okay, no, I recognize the first two parts of that. But I don't rem- know the rest.
1: His eyes on the sparrow, eyes is on me, more eyes than the KGB. sometimes I suffer, sometimes I bleed.
0: I feel like this to be like such a like a staple in like the music industry like it's gonna well, be it's
1: me. a staple in your life.
0: Oh, that's why I recognize <laughs> it. <laughs> oh my God. um that's why I recognized it. Okay, so it's definitely like a, it's a Daniel Caesar song that's yes. so funny. Like oh my god! Eyes on the spare, on the centipede, whatever. Not centipede. Centipede. Yeah, it
1: is. Yeah, centipede. I called
0: it centipede for
1: <laughs> yeah, centipede, centipede. Yeah, centipede. We played about it a, a thousand times. Yeah. Ah.
0: That's so. That's Got so it. funny. I was like, I know that first part, but I don't know the rest. Hey. Wow. Thank God. Hey, yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Literally, thank God. Thank God, no, God for that, that opportunity.
0: Yeah.
1: And we are back. back. <laughs> thank you. Um, this is like the tips and, or actually the trips and ricks <laughs> topic of this conversation. I wanted to talk about briefly about doing covers on Instagram and on TikTok. Um. Obviously we've been friends for a while. I've seen you do all these t- these covers on social media. I think I totally
0: forgot to say that I was found on Instagram. Well, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I forgot to say that Dana found me on IG.
1: Yeah. There so, yeah, for, so exactly well, I was actually about to say well, I wanted to talk about this because you got found on Instagram for the Daniel Caesar gig. Yeah. Um so maybe a, a, a minute or so about like <laughs> the importance of social media. And just, like, as a tool, maybe as a somebody that wants to, you know, get more known or, you know, just become a background vocalist for Daniel Caesar.
0: You know, it's crazy because I feel like that job, doing social media helped me get my job, and now I do social media as my job, which is, like, yeah <laughs> crazy. Um, I would say... Uh, an important thing when it comes to making covers is like making it your own. Mm. You don't want to be sound. You don't want to be hearing something as an audience member. That's the exact same. Right. All the time. Yeah. Where I always find like when you watch like American Idol or something or like the X Factor, the auditions that you want to keep listening to again and again are the ones where they totally change it up. Right. You know, like, Two of my favorite American Idol—sorry for getting nostalgic and American on you guys—but uh, <laughs> two covers I love was David Cook's cover of um, Billie Jean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing cover because he ends up doing it's like a rock cover
1: right it wasn't a pitbull song <laughs>
0: <laughs> no pity in the in no. the in american idol but <laughs> <laughs> pity. he pity pity like pitbull, pitbull yeah. <laughs> yeah um he was that was an amazing cover of okay gene definitely check it out Yeah, check it out yeah and then there's this other guy <laughs> named like joshua Let's or something. And he did an insane cover of the B G song To Love Somebody. Okay, wow. And that's one that I keep listening to again and again. Even still to this day, and this came out in like 2010.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that was your inspiration for all these these covers that you've been doing? Well,
0: that's when I realized as like a young person on my own accord where I'm like, oh shoot, like the covers that we love or the performances that we love are when they change it and they make it even better.
1: And it goes back to also what you were saying about the Caesar show too, yeah. where it was like
0: the changes they made, the change of
1: the live arrangements as well it keeps it interesting. Yeah, it keeps yeah. it
0: interesting as a listener. Totally. So like for me in each of my covers, I always make sure to add like a little bit of like an Elise element. <laughs> just okay. Yeah. Just double E. Yeah. Double E. But like I just wanted something. <laughs> 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 a little yeah. you know? I wanted to add that because like it just makes it a little bit more exciting for a <laughs> listener. <laughs> Yeah. um yeah also another great thing is to pay attention to your vocal type like okay w- are you an alto are you a soprano don't try to push your voice to sound like a soprano right because i found there was like oh sorry going back to my last point one person I, I i appreciate their live versions of i don't s- support the artist per se is um camila cabello because okay. she always changes her live performances and like does little runs that you would never hear before. Cause okay. sometimes with live musicians, they'll try to add little runs and things that are not in the recording. So you know, they're singing live mm-hmm. and that's what she does. Right. And I'm like, Oh, you always add like really cool, like elements that I appreciate. Right. Right. My yeah, my second one is know your voice part because I found ever since Ariana Grande came out, mm-hmm. a lot of younger musicians are like, okay, I want to sing really high, I want to be doing all these like whistle tone things, right, right? And it's like you don't have to be a soprano to be a great artist or to be considered a good singer, right? Because I was under that impression too, and I would always push my voice to be singing way higher than I honestly should be. Right. It is good to train your voice to sing low and high. So you're able to do quite a few octaves. Yeah. Like a range. Yeah, yeah. I can do three octaves, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I think like, listen to people that sound like you, like Adele, she's an alto and proud, like mezzo alto. Yeah. I f- respect that. Cause that's me. I'm yeah. like, okay, I, you're my person. Or yeah. like even in the pop world, like Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. she's very much like an alto mezzo. And I'm like, that's sick that like you see someone in pop that has a lower voice. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, So know your voice part. That's really great. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I had an issue. It's funny because a lot of my covers on YouTube, they were pre-recorded. There was nothing added to it. It's just that whenever I had something wrong with my chords. So like if I moved my chord, it would make the crackly mic sound. Right. So I was like, oh God. So I have to like pretty much pre-record all my covers and then videotape myself singing them. Right.
1: A lot and of people are doing that now. A lot of people are doing yeah, it now.
0: Yeah. But like at the time I was like, oh, it just makes it more work for me. And then I edit the videos afterwards right. too. Um, but I made the most out of it because I, when I was younger, I'd make like little music video-esque kind of YouTube videos. And then when I was in university and like, in high school I ended up doing covers and it was pretty much like two different camera angles that I would just keep switching back and forth between. Right. Which I think that's good too. Um, and yeah, just to like showcase what you look like too. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say another tip is even tagging. Like if you're able, if you're from Toronto, say you're a Toronto musician, if you're from Canada, say you're Canadian, like adding little tags like that. Cause if there are people looking for someone in Toronto, they know who to like look for, or they, right. they'll look under these hashtags. And I guess now that's even a thing in on TikTok too. Now it's sort of going on there. Where for me, when I was found and when I was discovered or whatever, <laughs> people f- were like more so on Instagram at that time. TikTok didn't didn't exist. Right, it was like Musically at the time, which was like as lip syncing app.
1: Right. <laughs> I'd like to thank Elise Mariah for being my guest on this week's episode. You can check out her latest projects and whatever's going on in her life at Elise Mariah. That's E-L-I-S-E-M-A-R-I-A-H on socials or at the .com website uh, and getting in contact with her. Um, I'm a cool girl. And, yeah. <laughs> I also want to thank those who have been listening to this podcast. You know that I like to keep it interactive. So please don't hesitate to answer, uh, sorry, to ask questions. Answer questions. (laughs) Ask questions online on YouTube, on Instagram, uh, you know, on LinkedIn. Oh, (laughs) shout out, shout out, (laughs) shout out LinkedIn. Yes. Um, And like, please leave your comments, uh, questions, whatever you'd like. Um, Don't hesitate to um, subscribe to get our notifications. Um, As always, stay safe and see you next week.